Matt? Yes, sir. Are we recording right now? Seems to be. Been a long time. Shouldn't have left you without a podcast. Step two. Step two. Matt. Step two. Step, step, step two. Every, every, every. Step. Yes. You were supposed to say step two, and then I was going to say step two, and then you are going to say, all right, it's fine. We'll, we'll practice it. We'll work on it for next time. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. To the Chronicles of Schizo and Gray, the podcast about beer, weed, and weddings. My name is Paul, also known as your MC Gray, and that is my boy Schizo, a.k.a. Matt. We uh, are a wedding and MC DJ team coming to you from our retirement after spending about seven years in the wedding industry. And we want to do a little podcast to give some wedding tips, also to give us a reason to talk to each other during this crazy-ass COVID-19 pandemic. And because we like beer and weed, so we're going to take this as an opportunity to drink and smoke and talk about the shit we used to do. How's that sound? Sounds like a good time there, Greg. Yeah, 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 yeah. Skitzo, thanks for joining me. How are you feeling? Feeling fine, sir. Feeling fine. So we have to be honest with everybody. This is our third episode. I mean, now granted, you don't have to listen to these things in succession because, I mean... We're going to label them, and they're all going to have topics, so you can pick and choose. But we were supposed to do one of these like a while ago. <laughs> this jank this jank was supposed to be done like a month and a half ago, and Labor Day happened. And then, I mean, you got a full-time job. I got a full-time job. We were supposed to have, I have to tell you, everybody knows, we are supposed to have, you know, DJ Jam All Night on the podcast today. But unfortunately, um, uh, I don't know where the fuck he at. So this is another public announcement to him to where the fuck are you at? We want you as a guest on our show. I don't care at this point if we have to be rude about it. I know you're not quote unquote DJing anymore, but it's in your blood, Jamal. It's in your blood. And I want to talk to you about it. So come on my show. You think that'll work? I mean, all I could all I could say is, I mean, when in doubt, you just got to call him out, I guess. Ooh, I like that. I thought you were going to say when in doubt, scream and shout. But what you did was smoother. Call like him that. out. I like that. <laughs> All right. So, um, so what we do, as we always have done, we, we, we adjust on the fly. So this episode was going to be, and we'll do another one. We will do one about uh, club DJing versus wedding DJing. But as I said at the top of the show, you know, this podcast really is, it's for our past couples. It's for, our, you know, any future couples out there who might be thinking about getting married. It's also for people that just want to have a good time and hear a good conversation between two friends. But what I want to say all that to say is we're going to give you guys some tips in this show. And this is actually an episode we're going to focus on the format the wedding reception format that was tried and true and talked to us and that we exercised and practiced for years um, that led us to, you know, winning best DJs in the Valley three years in a row in the tri-state that we worked in. So we're going to tell you a little bit more about it. And I know I have a couple friends that are going to be very 
eagerly listening to this. I have two friends named Matt. I have more than two friends named Matt, but I have two particular <laughs> friends named Matt. <laughs> both of whom are getting married, dude. Can you believe that? They're both getting married and they're both named Matt and they're getting married the next, oh. month, the next year. It's crazy. It's crazy. So this episode is, is for them and their 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 spouses. Also, my masseuse, shout out to my masseuse, who's phenomenal. Oh my God, she's phenomenal. She's like, she's like a her 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 fingers have like little magic pillows on the end of them. It's crazy. She's so good. Anyway, she's getting married too in a couple um couple of years. So I get a lot of questions. You I know you get a lot of questions about you know what what do you need to ask your DJ and how do you go about planning a reception? And you know, we are gonna talk in this show a lot about what we've done, both from a story and funny standpoint, but also from a technical standpoint to what were the intricacies and the elements that made the weddings that we did as successful as they were. Uh, And so I figured what we would use this next episode to do would be to paint the picture of the format and how it's going to work and how it should look, not necessarily in this formulaic, everything has to be this structured way, but this is the way you want to approach planning your reception. And Matt, you and I will talk about things we did. We'll throw some stories in there. And we'll get down to the nitty gritty about, you know, what you should be thinking about when you plan your wedding reception. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, we don't want to tell people to overthink the situation and stress themselves out. If you have a good team that you're working with to make the day a success, then you should really only have to plan out a certain amount, maybe half three quarters of the details and let everybody else kind of take care of the rest when, you know, that's, that's their specialty. That's what you're counting on them to do. Love it. That's exactly right. But this is going to give you structure. A lot of people go into this thinking about way too many things. You just said it, you nailed it. And it's hard because you're going to get overloaded with, I had this conversation yesterday. You're going to get overloaded with options. You know, the FOMO thing is real when it comes to planning weddings. And a wedding reception is no different. There's a million songs in the world. There's a million ways to present your your guests or your your um, your wedding party to your guests. There's a million ways to go through the dance party. I mean, there really are. You can do so many different things. So if you give yourself, I'm a big believer that structure breeds creativity. And what that means is you create some guidelines And then you can get creative within those guidelines. We're going to give you the guidelines today, some cool stories, and, of course, some great tips. So this whole episode is going to be a wedding tip of the day, actually. Get that. You're welcome. (laughs) But before we do that, let's actually give the wedding tip of the day, and then let's talk about the beers we're drinking because, you know, it is the debrief, and that's the most important part. So – um, first of all, before we do the, the the wedding tip, Matt, what are you what are you drinking for this this podcast, mm. my friend? Well, I gotta admit, I'm going in a different direction already on the third episode. Is that Nikki yep. in the background? Um, your studio producer. Hi, Hi Nikki. So uh, we're gonna be doing an episode with you and and Jackie on in the background, so y'all can tell the world all the BS you have to deal with as our spouses. Uh, so. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear your voice. Sorry. Go ahead, Matt. So, uh, so yeah, we're we're sort of celebrating the season here with some uh, oh, hashtag yeah. basic flavors. I guess I would say. Oh, hashtag. 
speaking of this hashtag for this wedding podcast, hashtag wedding tips, hashtag wedding DJs. So, anyway, go ahead. so uh, a lot of people have been talking about this for a while now. This the the Paps Blue Ribbon Hard Coffee. It is a uh, it is a guilty pleasure beer. Yeah, it is it is chocolatey and totally makes me think of like YooHoo and like fall and going to school and yeah it's 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 not a craft beer by any means but it's a good beer. Well, it reminds me of that time you you introduced me to Natty Light strawberry ah, flavor. Yes. Which is like this little, it's like it's like the reality TV show of beer. It's like and you don't want people to know you like it, but you you like it. Ah, you're funny. <laughs> All right, good, 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 good. So, um, what are you what are you smoking? What you got over there in within in the greenery in the urban? Well, the herbal uh, area? this will be the first episode when I can proudly say that uh, we have a medical card down here in Pennsylvania. Yep, and uh, we have the the lemon grenade. That is the name of the strain. It is a hybrid, Uh and uh, yeah, it's got some really nice citrusy flavors to it, and uh, we've really been enjoying it over the last week or so. Is it? It's a hybrid. Is it uh, indica heavy or sativa heavy? It's definitely more sativa heavy. Definitely more yeah. sativa heavy. I like it. You, it's going to need that. You never need that, cl- that crisp clarity for the for the deep discussion we're about to have. <laughs> Word. Um. All right. Awesome. That's awesome. You guys got medical card. That's so cool, man. I love it. I love that. That's awesome. All right. So my Absolutely. turn. Right? So I got to give it back to Springdale. I got to give it back okay. to Springdale. I don't know if y'all heard the last podcast, um, but the last podcast featured Dang. And, and um, if you listen to the podcast, you'll hear the end. There's a little, you know, from one of my favorite songs called Dang. Cue the snippet. <laughs> but this time, I got a Springdale beer again, another local brew. They are out of, uh, I think Springdale, I always forget this. I want to say they're out of Waltham. Which is local to the Boston area, yeah. Massachusetts, right? Framingham. Yeah, literally right in this Framingham. Yes, sir. Canned on the. Ooh, it's pretty fresh. It's actually canned about a month okay. and a half ago. And it is called a beer called Quest nice. Hazy IPA. Yep. So you know the sample is going to have. You can just hear it. Cue electric relaxation from a tribe called Quest. That's what that's what tonight's outro is going to be. So stay tuned for that. Um, and then on the on the greenery side, we have since as you know we're also legalized out here in Massachusetts. Got this delicious, delicious strain um, from. I want to say it's from a local place called Sierra. It's fantastic. It is uh, Tangy, which is a sativa, mostly sativa hybrid, extremely citrusy, like clarity, energetic, a nice upbeat high that like doesn't make you feel too over the top 
like brings down the anxiety. It's like a nice focused upper high. It's phenomenal. Kind of reminds me of um, Orange Kush because it's got those tangerine notes to it. That sounds good. Yep. So we are into the first segment. We're about 15 minutes in. Actually, a little less than 15 minutes. We've got our beer um, out of the way. we got our, our, our little intros of what we're going to talk about out of the way. So before we jump in and crack open our beer and, and start to smoke away at our Meta Jane, let's do our wedding tip of the day. So here's the wedding tip of the day. And I did this for a friend of mine yesterday, one of my boys who's getting married soon. Shouts out to him. Ask your DJ for an entertainment checklist. That's the tip of the day. Now, what does that mean? Now, every DJ company may have a different variation to this. The DJ company that we work for, we gave our our, of our brides a 48-question, I know that sounds like a lot, but it was a 48-question checklist that covered everything that we would need to understand to basically run their reception. Now, I know people out there are thinking, that's a lot of questions, Paul. Why would we want to hear and get all those questions? Well, first of all, Half the questions you're going to answer without even thinking about, like your florist, your baker, your colors, your venue, all that little stuff. The other half are going to put or the, the other half is going to put you in the right mindset to get your wedding reception plan. It's going to tell you what kind of music you need to know or what, what kind of music you, you want to have for your cocktail hour and your dinner It's going to ask and suggest what kind of reception flow you want to have. You want to have a big group photo, if you want to have a dollar dance, which people don't really do anymore, but it's little ceremonial things like that to throw into your reception. It'll also give you a chance to figure out who's coming in with who in terms of your wedding, get your wedding party. It'll give you a chance to talk about um, when you want your first guest to walk down the aisle, if, say your DJ is doing your ceremony. And at the very, very, very basic level, it'll help you understand what's going to happen from the first song of the night to the last song of the night. If your DJ doesn't have, or at least can't help you figure out a checklist or a list of things that you need to have in order for them to run your reception the right way, close your wedding book and walk out of the door. That's your wedding tip of the day. Thoughts? I would say that is definitely a great way to go into the situation. Because you need to know where people are going to be and who they're going to be with and what the names of the people that other people will be working with are. And otherwise, it's going to be awkward and dry and, you know, less natural. Like, once people know what they're getting themselves into, it makes for a way better situation than everybody walking in blindly to not knowing what's going to be happening throughout the day. That'd be ridiculous. Nailed it. Nailed it. So with that, let's go into the format. We're going to start with the cocktail hour. Before we do that, Matt, cheers. Cheers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. Oh, man. Oh, man, is that good. Springdale. And mm, mm -hmm. you know, no matter what, I still get that same feeling of release on that first sip. Just like when we used to 
when we used to, you know, come back and just take a nice long debrief. It was like a nice long sip, nice long inhale. <laughs> All right. Okay, we're back. We're back. You're, how many Pitbull songs do you think we had to play as DJs? Uh, well, pretty much all of them. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny, Matt. Um, and like, I don't want to talk too much about the pandemic, but like, because you know, we all know what's going on. Like, we started this shit because of the pandemic, so it's fine. But like, let me tell you how strong love is. Love is so strong, people are still getting damn married. And it might be dangerous to hug the person that's in at your wedding. Like, that's how dangerous it is to get married. People still like, nah, fuck it. <laughs> I love it. That's, that's why I love that's why I love weddings. It's like people are like, yeah, fuck it. Listen, let's have a party. Let's get together and like rock out because I met somebody that I really like and I'm gonna do stuff with them and to them for the next <laughs> for the next thirty to a hundred years of my life. That's just that's just <laughs> awesome. But um, I tell you what, like you know, without this pandemic and everything going on, we probably wouldn't be talking about this. And so it's funny, like we probably wouldn't be talking about what what we did and how we planned our stuff. But like. I've noticed now, even though it feels like 2020 has been the longest year in forever, you realize the songs that we used to DJ, like that we used to play a lot, like the Pitbull we were just talking about, that's just played out now. We've been out of the game that long that it's played out. Yes. Yes, that is true. And it was in a movie or a show that we were watching recently when the guy said, oh, yeah. I know Pitbull and they're like, Oh, I feel like Pitbull fell off. And then like his, his attempt to use Pitbull to make himself sound cool, made him sound whack. And I'm trying to think, ah, what was that that we were watching? Uh, It's going to bug me. Commercial. No, it was like a show or a movie and like like an older celebrity. That's not that popular. Try to reference Pitbull to sound cool. Oh, I got it. Like they're trying to make themselves sound hip, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And use Pitbull, and they're like, "Oh, Pitbull hasn't had a song in," and it's right. He probably hasn't had a good song out in like four years. No, so. he's done. A, he did. A, I think he did a track with J Lo recently. I'm sure if we had this, if we have a, a wide enough audience at some point, we will be corrected on this shit very quickly. So I guess at some point we won't have to guess, but. I'm pretty sure you might be right about him not having had a big song recently, but I thought he had one out with J-Lo and Poppy, that new song that came out with J-Lo and, um, oh, I forget the other person's name. Now, see, I guess we are. I guess we're not him. I guess we are out of touch, Matt. <laughs> Paul, you just used J-Lo to make Pitbull sound cool. Okay, well, J-Lo just came out with a fucking song, all right? Don't give me shit. <laughs> J-Lo, J-Lo is way older than Pitbull. Yeah, but she's still coming out music, and J-Lo is fierce, okay? Don't you get me started on J-Lo. J-Lo I think- is, I mean, she's timeless, bro. 
Thomas. I think Beyonce is fierce. Who are you going to quote next? Paul Abdul? Listen, Paul Abdul still doing commercials while she's dancing and rocking them out. All right, we're getting way off topic. We're getting way off topic. The point is, yes, music is going to change. And I can tell you in the last five years, the music scene that we played and DJed in is different. I know that because we DJed a wedding within the last what two years. And we had to, luckily this wedding was a little bit different crowd, but we still had to change what we did and what we played in some ways. Right. But what wasn't different, and this is the segue into the whole point of the format, is how we structured our night. So I'm going to take you guys through this thing sort of what a piece by piece. And there's three major parts. Bless you. There's three major parts to the wedding reception format. And I know. This is probably if, if there's wedding planners out there and if there's if there's wedding venues out there who are hearing this, some of this is going to sound like, why does a DJ need to think about this? Or is it really that important? What's interesting about that statement is that if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing as DJs, you don't ever really know that we've ever had a plan. You never know that. You might see it if you look at our papers. You might notice I'm following a pattern, but we don't look like we're actually doing anything. And that's the point. So cocktail hour is the first part. Intros are the second part. And the reception and the close. We're going to go through all three of those parts for you in this podcast. So first of all, cocktail hour is built. Now, I'm I'm assuming we're going into a reception where we don't have to do the ceremony. Um, But I will say, make sure that you get a DJ that does your ceremony that he's operating two setups. What does that mean? He has two different audio equipment boxes that can produce sound. What you don't want, and what you will have if you don't ask this, make sure of this, is you'll have a DJ who's going to be doing sound in one part of your venue. Let's say it's in this, let's say hopefully it's in the same room, but ideally it's probably not. And then you'll have your reception or your cocktail hour starting in another room or another place in the venue, and now your DJ has to scramble from the cocktail hour or the ceremony, I'm saying, to the cocktail hour. So try to make sure, if you're going to have your DJ do your ceremony, that you also have, that he has two setups or she has two setups. I can give you a great example. Matt and I did a wedding at this place we'll call Sky Lounge. And (laughs) literally, they have four, like, acres of land like four to five just big ass acres of land and a venue on each acre but it's all one big place right you remember this place dude oh absolutely we're doing this ceremony and this is actually one of my favorite stories from this place we're doing the ceremony and um the way the ceremony is set up is that you walk across this balcony that looks over into where the ceremony is actually run so the guests stand on the balcony they look down the ceremonies run from in the garden down below you remember this one? Um, we were doing the sound from up in the balcony, right? The mi- the microphone was out because the groom either turned it off by accident or something happened, and we had two lavalier mics, one on each person, one on on the on the uh, officiant, and one on the uh, and one on the uh, the groom. And this just tells you how big this place was. We're up on the balcony controlling the sound in the garden. And I'm freaking out because I realize that his microphone is off now. And I look at you, you look at me, 
and you go, and I'm like, oh my God. And I, I literally, I'm like, okay, how am I going to, you can see the wheels turning as to how I'm going to sprint from up on this balcony down to the garden to give this guy a microphone. And you very nonchalantly, I'll never forget this. You look at me with so, you're just so calm and you just turn up the officiant's microphone and it picks up the sound of the groom perfectly. Why? Why, Matt? Why, why, did, why did that work? Because that's the whole point of the microphones. On the officiant. And the officiant has what kind of microphone? You remember that? Omnidirectional. Yes. So everybody who talks around that microphone within like 50 feet to 100 feet can be heard, whether you're on left side, right side, front side, top side, other side. So that just shows you how big this place was, first of all. It also shows how we had a very mobile setup that we had to be able to move around. Now, we had one setup and box there on the at the balcony garden ceremony area. We then had a golf cart right away, and not a short golf cart, like maybe 700 yards or more. Oh, yeah, that was a long okay. ride. The actual reception setup. So yep. we're literally breaking down our ceremony box and driving our golf court past guests, not to go set up the reception, but to go walk in and press play on the already set up, ready to go reception, music, sound system, and spaceship. Ah, the spaceship. Yeah. So it's important for everybody to know that when you're doing your cocktail hour, you want to make sure your DJ has a setup for cocktail and ceremony if he does your ceremony. And when you do your cocktail hour, most places are going to have you in like one of their lounges or their bar areas. You want that to be an area. You want you want to make sure your DJ can set up what's called surround sound. I say it was called surround sound because a lot of DJs are going to have their setup and their spaceship, as we call ours, because it's a uh, LED wall that covers our wires with our table behind the wall and our all of our DJ stuff on that table. There's usually two speakers that go up on either side for some DJs. We also had little speakers, not little, they were actually full-size speakers, but we would put them in little corners of the room to what that would allow you to do is it would allow you to control the sound more specifically and allow you to get a cleaner sound across the room. So for cocktail hour, let's say you're in the ballroom and the cocktail hour is outside in the lounge just outside or the outside in the lobby just outside the cocktail hour or not just outside the um jesus paul get your ass together let's say your cocktail hour is out in the lobby outside of the ballroom from your reception as the dj we're controlling the reception music and the cocktail music from the same boards but we have wireless speakers out in the corners of the lobby being controlled from inside the ballroom. What does that surround sound do? It allows you to keep the low, dull roar of the music while letting people talk over the top. And when you have your reception, it allows for us to not blast grandma's ears out when she's in the corner of the room. Here's another wedding tip. Do not. If your DJ has surround sound, ask them. Ask them if they have a surround sound system where they can put speakers in multiple places in the room. If they do, great. Book them. They're great. However, it's now on you as the bride and groom or groom and groom or bride and bride or non-binary royalty. It's out there for you 
make sure you don't put grandma or grandpa in the corners of the room. First of all, it's rude, right, Matt? It's just, it's just rude. Don't put grandma in the corner. Don't put grandma in the corner. You think putting no. baby in the corner is bad? Grandma's yeah. in the corner even grandma worse. Wants. There you go. But what it also does is it actually puts her in the line of the loudest music ever. If your DJ doesn't have surround sound, no big deal. They can ignore this whole part. But if they have surround sound, and I recommend that you make sure they do, you actually want to put your older guest in the middle of the room. I can't tell you how many times, Matt, we had to walk out to the middle or to the end of the, of the corner of the, of the room where the music should actually be the loudest because people are on the dance floor and not at the corner standing on the wall. But we've because the older couples were put out there, we now have to turn down that, that speaker. No big deal. That's the whole point. But what that does is it diminishes the overall sound that the room should have, where that should be the loudest part of the room so that people can be in the middle of the dance floor with the best sound. That's fine. You adjusted. But my point is, if you have a DJ with surround sound, do yourself a favor. Don't put grandma on the corner. She'll thank you for it. Plus, she can see you better. Seriously. Yeah. And don't put her friends out there either. That's what I mean. I don't mean just her. Don't put her friends out there. Put them out, put them in the middle. So anyway, going back to the cocktail hour. So surround sound is important. Surround sound's important. It's a truck going by. I'm in my little outside studio, so I got trucks and cars going by. <laughs> ah. But surround sound's important for your red for your reception and for your cocktail hour, because you may have it in different parts of the of the venue and of the room. You also want to make sure the DJ has multiple setups, like I said. Now, here's another thing. Cocktail hour and dinner, the music only matters a little bit. What do yeah. I mean by that? Yes. What do I mean by that? People aren't actually listening to that music. They're kind of just using it as background and or possible points of conversation. Oh, is this John Mayer? Yeah, this is John Mayer. Shout out to John Mayer for all the cocktail hour dinner music he's provided. He us did a lot of cocktail hours for us. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. You also got me through high school with uh, Room for Squares, but that's another story. Thanks, man. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, so it, it's not a big deal. If you say you only want a couple of artists in your cocktail hour or your dinner music, that's fine. You don't need a huge variety. People aren't really listening. Not a big deal. What you need is an object. What you need is a genre. All you need to worry about yeah. is if you want somebody, if you want to hear singer-songwriter like a John Mayer, then you have singer-songwriter as your genre. If you want to hear 70s and 80s, you know, Peter Frampton, um, Earth, Wind, Fire, Romance, or, you know, Steely Dan, Hall And you do that. You want to hear, that's your genre. You don't worry about the artist. If you want to hear new age pop, Justin Timberlake, and, and well, I guess now he's not as new age, but um, Halsey and and Billie Eilish and all that brand new romantic songs, then you do it. Your cocktail hour is going to be very relaxed music that people can listen to easily and talk over. That's my tip. Cocktail hours should be music that people can listen to easily and talk over comfortably. It's like watching a show that you've seen a couple times already 
you don't have to pay attention to it, but you can jump in and laugh at certain parts or like tap your foot to certain parts just because you're that comfortable with it already. Boom. Boom. Speaking of sing along and tap yourself to quick segue or quick, uh, quick tangent. If you do a ceremony, can I give you a recommendation? If you haven't heard of the vitamin string quartet, when you do your ceremony, you know how people walk in and, you know, they walk in and they sit down before the ceremony starts. If you need a genre for music for that part, the prelude, it's called. You want to do like your typical string music. Vitamin string quartet or string songs that have been re or songs that have been made remade by strings. Like listening to Michael Jackson by a four piece orchestra is just freaking cool. And it's going to have people singing along without it being a big party. And it's such a nice sound. I'm telling you, do that. I love that. Vitamin String Quartet. Shout out to them and the strings. String songs that have been produced because of their work. Definitely. Big, big yeah. help in the cocktail hour dinner music. Uh, totally. You have people in the, in the aisleway being like, is that, is that so-and-so? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's smooth criminal. Oh yeah, that's just that that system of a down toxicity playing yeah. being played by a violin. Yeah, yep. that's that. It's exactly that. Enjoy that. Um. So all right. So that I think that covers cocktail hour. I mean, you need to make sure you have a genre. You want to focus on having the right surround sound, and have it to be easy listening. The music that you can comfortably talk over. Right. Yes. And make sure that the venue, if they have multiple places for you to be, that your DJ can accommodate with multiple setups. This is why a two-person team is so important, man. How many Always. times do you and I be in a cocktail hour? And literally what happens, so we're doing, we're doing our ceremony, right? Ceremony ends. I go over and I grab the microphone from the groom because he has it on his lapel. And while I'm doing that, I break it down and go over and start taking down the ceremony uh, audio box and putting that putting that away. What do you go do while I do that? Start getting dinner music ready. Boom. So that way when people walk in to the cocktail hour, I think you mean cocktail hour, but whatever, who cares? Cocktail hour. Uh, yeah. Shot. 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 Hold on. Get your, memory, get your memory back. Another hit, another shot. Shot. Okay. Um... You go in and you get cocktail music on because you have a lot less time to get over there than the guests do. And they always walk fast. The guests always walk over there fast. And so you go over and they have golf carts. Yeah, and they don't give us one. <laughs> yeah, we changed that shit after one year. I changed that shit immediately. Oh, quick, quick, quick reminder. This is an adult podcast. So if your kids have been listening, shame on you. This is about weed and beer and weddings. Put the kids to bed. But anyway, keep going. Yeah, so definitely, like you said, uh, cocktail hour. I'll learn some new language. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely remember having to like run to get the music started before the guests got over there. And it seems so unfair. Like, I was at this disadvantage that I had to like literally like slow, fast walk. Over there, yes. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you look like you're freaking out. No, you got to stay calm. Yeah, just like power walking to the next part of the, the event and just like stress all that a little black. bit. 
an all black pants oh. shirt and tie. Right, yeah, in like June, in a cornfield. Oh, oh man, oh man. Yeah. All right. So, so that's cocktail hour. We're about uh, twenty minutes. This is our second seg- second little segment here. Let's take a short break. It sounded like you just did the biggest line ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't a line, but it was definitely inhaling. Um, yeah. Let's take a short break. See if our sponsors can help us get some money. Um, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about intros. Now, we're not going to do intros like we're going to do a whole episode of intros. But we're going to talk about intros. All right? We'll be right back. All right. Okay. All right, y'all. We're back. Um, for the record, no, I did not take a line. I was just doing, I just took a big inhale of marijuana at the time. Just so you know, that is still a schedule one drug, cocaine, and I don't do those things um, for legality reasons. But also, cocaine's a hell of a drug, as y'all know. And I don't really like, I mean, that's, I don't like cocaine that much. So um, I just want to make sure I throw that out there. Hell of a drug. It is a hell of a drug. What did you what did your wife say? Don't like it. Oh, don't like it. Don't like it. Me either, man. Me, me either. It's it's not like it. <laughs> it made me so I, I'll tell this story real quick. One time cocaine gave me the opposite of what I want when you're having sex. Mm. Oh no. And see, I mean I, I without going, you know, I don't want to go into too much detail, obviously. But um Ain't you supposed to have fun when you have sex and are taking drugs? Like, isn't that the point? That's the point, right? That so the minute would be a drug, the point. Yeah, it's like totally dumb too. Yeah, no, I get. I mean, I get why it happened biologically. I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that part. <laughs> what I'm saying is, if it's a party drug, and I'm trying to fucking party. That's like the worst side effect you can give me at a party. Yeah, it sounds pretty terrible. <laughs> terrible. So fuck that drug. Fuck that drug. Anyway, so intros. Hey. So, one of the. Do y'all need? Do y'all want to? You go outside. Okay, come on. Come on. Hold on, everybody. Matt's dog has to go out to potty. Come on. Mm. Uh, uh, you're, you're going to get your dog handler to take her out? Just so everybody knows, if you guys follow Matt on Instagram or any, any kind of social media, um, <laughs> Schizo, Schizo has the, the world's largest disproportionate ratio of dog to person. Like, what I mean when I say that, like, if you look at the sheer size of his dog versus his size, the two of them, his dog's a normal size. And you're a fairly normal. I mean, you're not like average size, but you're not an oversized. But your size versus her size is so dramatically different. It's got to be a world record. Dude. Like, it has to be. Like, the proportional weight from dog to human. You got to, guy, you, y'all got to be up there in the top five. Because your dog can literally fit on your shoulder like it's a peacock, but smaller. Yeah, I mean, she they told us that she could be like 10 to 12 pounds. Like, she's seven. 
She's like six. <laughs> she's so cute though, dude. And she's so like tough. She's like, she's not, she's like, she's a very cute girl, but she's like, she's very forthcoming and very like strong in her own personality. I like it. She's very like stubborn that. when she wants to be. Yeah, she is. <laughs> Anyway, all right, so let's get into the intros. Now, intros are going to, we're going to have a whole episode about what it is to do a wedding party intro. Now, we we took a lot of time and pride in, in wedding party intros, as I, as I think any wedding DJ should. But I, I've been to other weddings, and I'll be quite honest. I don't know if people ever, I haven't seen other wedding DJs put the time and effort into wedding intros as we have. I mean, here's the thing. I, I'd say that when it comes to intros and, like, really getting people's attention and, like, kicking a night off the way you should, people yeah. aren't doing it to the degree that we were. The, yeah. the level of excitement and anticipation and, like, preparation that went into it was definitely, like, oh, Oh, these guys are really serious right now. We should yeah. all our morning. <laughs> our morning was spent just practicing that. Right. Like our entire morning led up to what really boiled down to a four or five minute event. Oh like, yeah. In terms of that intro. Yes. Um go ahead. Between between what you had to say and what I had to play when you said the things you had to say, it was definitely like a okay. Well, I'm gonna say, uh, you know, the bride, the the bridesmaids, this, and I'd be like, okay, and what song do I have to play? He would say, well, you have to play Pitbull, you know, <laughs> Kaiocho or something. And I'd be like, oh, okay. And you'd right, be like, right, but or Dad's a Godero, your favorite. Song. Yeah, you'd be like, don't play it from the beginning though. I need you to start it at like 47 seconds. And I'd be like, oh, and okay. Then- and I'd be, I'd be like, why 47? And you're like, don't worry. When you listen to it, you'll know. And I'm like, okay. And I would right. see it. And I'd be like, that's it. And then that would be the thing. And then it would be like that times like. And then you're like, well, no, but then I'm like, but I need to say this thing. And, and I'm, I don't know if it's going to take me 10 seconds. And he's like, well, you only have eight. So, all right, hold on. Let me just loop it real quick. That way you can say it over the same line of the song over and over again. But nobody knows you're not, nobody knows the song hasn't changed. I'm like, you taught me what a loop even was. Uh, I mean, I knew it and understood it, but why you'd use it in, 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 in music or why you use it in these presentations, you taught me that. And that is why, if y'all listen to the to the to our theme song, our title song, that is where that loop was born. Well, not that reason, but this discussion or like why and how we're playing with what timing is and where I come in and where you come in with the music. That's where these samples were born. So go on. You were saying about intros, and you were like, "I have to say this, and you play this, and you go." Yeah. So the the thing would be, you would you'd say, "Okay, we're gonna be at this location," and I'd be like, "Okay, well, how far is it from the door that they're coming out of right. to the point when they hit the dance floor?" Yep. And you and you would literally have to give me like very specific distances. So I knew how much time I needed for these people to walk from that location to this location. Yep. 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 
But now we're getting a little, we're getting, whoa, we're getting into the art of the intro. There's actually going to be a podcast, an episode called The Art of the Intro. That's just a little appetizer. That was just a little taste right there. Yeah, but, just so people know what's going on. Yeah, the intros are very, very important because for us and for any wedding DJ you work with, you are going to want to make sure your intros are what set the tone for the night. Let me give you this tip here. Your wedding party sets the tone for the energy in your room. Absolutely. Yes, the DJ. Yes, the DJ can help. The MC can help. I spent my time, and I'll tell you more about it in the reception part, but I spent 85% of my night trying to infuse as much energy as I could into the night doing our little dances, playing the music we could, taking requests, whatever we could. Because if if they don't have a good time, I'm not going to have a good time. However, if the wedding party was outside smoking cigarettes all night, or if they were sitting down looking at their spouses who wouldn't dance with them, or if they would rather be somewhere else because their kids are bugging them and they got to go home, if there was anything distracting the wedding party, and I'm talking specifically to the wedding party right now, very specifically. The energy was sucky. It was shitty. It was shitty. It's just, there's no other way to describe it. It was terrible. Now, the wedding could still be very good and we'd have a great time at the at the reception. People were still great. Like, you know, not it didn't it wasn't the be all end all, but the battle that we had to fight to get people to have a great time the way that they should. Yeah. Was so much more difficult without a wedding party being involved. And honestly, it came out with us pushing and trying to, you know, feel almost forcing people to do something they didn't really want to do sometimes, which didn't really feel that great at the end of it. So it didn't happen often. But when the wedding party didn't come out and blow it out of the water with their energy, it didn't work. So the intros are important. Now, as the MC, it's my job to make sure that I get everybody together before we do the introductions and tell them exactly what I just said, basically. I need you guys to be my tone setters. I need you to walk out with energy. Oh, and by the way, line up in the way that we're going to have you announced. Maybe make sure that all your names are correctly pronounced. I can't stress that enough. Let me make sure I'm pronouncing your names correctly. Oh, and does somebody want to change their order? Oh, do you want the, the, the ring bearer to go out? No, he's crying. He's two years old. He's freaking out. Okay, never mind. Take his name off. Hey, Matt, real quick. Matt, don't play that Party in the USA song by... By, by Miley Cyrus, because, you know, Daryl doesn't want to come out. Why? Daryl's not, he's two. He's, he doesn't want to walk out. He's going, he's going in with his mom. Okay. Is his mom still coming out, Paul? Oh, yeah, she's still coming out, but she's going to come out with Jim now, and Jim's going to go out with, with Audrey instead. Okay, are they doing the same songs? Yep. Okay, cool. This is what we're doing. This is all happening. I'm talking to the bride and groom, and then the wedding party in one room. I run back over, I talk to Matt, and I change up what we're doing if we have to on the fly and it happened almost all the time mm-hmm. and what you're doing in the meantime you're playing cocktail hour you're finishing up music as we go into the first song of the night and this is where the sample actually was born i will never forget this i'm running out and talking to the bride and to the bride and groom of the wedding party and trying to get them lined up i'm running back in because usually what i would do is if you're an MC, here's a little tip take your wedding party 
either into the bridal suite where they've been staying during their private little cocktail hour or take them into a room behind where you're going to do the entrances or near it and get them all lined up. When they make their changes, keep them in that room. Try to keep them lined up. It's going to be like herding cats. Trust me, it's going to suck a little bit. But that's your time to establish dominance. Like a good, like, a, like Caesar says, Caesar Milan says, establish dominance. Be a calm and assertive leader. No, you got to be calm and assertive in those moments, though. Take over the room. Make sure that they know you need them to, to focus on you and do what you're going to say because they're going to walk in, they're going to do their little thing, and they're going to walk in and line up for the first dance. That's important. But while it's going on, who's playing the music? You have to have somebody playing the music. You don't want Inside. that air. Nope. Could you imagine if it was just me by myself and like, just say I didn't queue up one of the songs, right? Say I didn't have autoplay on, right? On my virtual DJ. I mean, just, it just, it just admitted, and it's, it's, I've seen it happen. I DJ weddings on myself before. It never happened to me exactly like that, but I got close. It's just so much less stressful. But what it allows us to do now is we're customizing everything. Now we can change things on the fly for the bride and groom and for the wedding party and for the for the groom and groom and for for the for the wedding couple. We're able to do whatever we need to for them while keeping the sound going. So I'm going back and forth. You know, we're in this wedding. I forget where we're at, but we're um, you know, venues got the situation where the the bride and the groom and the wedding party are coming in behind the DJ, and so I'm lining them up behind you, and you can't see me because I'm in behind these doors. But I walk back in and I'm like, Matt, change this and go back out come back in. Matt, change this. I'll go back out. And I've gone back like three or four times now, and I'm noticing you ran out of songs for cocktail. Ran hours. out of songs. Completely out of songs. <laughs> like, you ain't got no more cocktail hour songs. I know that, because I only gave you 30, and that's an hour and a half of music, and so it's been an hour. Plus, right, and the oh, thing is, I don't, I don't deviate from the plan. If you give me 18 songs, that's what I'm playing. Play those 18. You so when those 18 are over, you need to move on to the next thing. And if you're like, oh, this person's in the bathroom, and this yep. person went out to their car to get their lipstick, and I'm yep. like, but I'm and out MC, of This shit's going to happen, bro. It's going to happen like this. It's going to be like herding cats. You've got to keep your wits about you and find people and make sure you're keeping track. But it's going to be mean, crazy. You mean cattle, right? No, herding cats is awful. Think about it. Think about trying to herd cats. Is it harder than cattle? You ever tried to catch a cat? You ever tried to catch a cattle? No, that's, that's a good point. But I've never tried to... <laughs> okay, the saying is herding cats, but we can say herding cattle. I think herding cattle is actually fairly easy if you have dogs and a fence. Or sheep? Did we really just get off topic? Yeah, you know what? I'm not, I'm not sure why I'm surprised. Yeah, we did. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let's get back to what we were saying. So, you started it. What? I said you started it. I didn't start it. You asked the question about herding cattle. All right. Anyway, so we're in, we're doing the back and forth, doing the back and forth, right? So the story is I walk back in and he's out of music. Now, the great thing about Matt and any DJ you work with, if they do a lot of weddings, they're going to have an understanding and a repertoire in their background. But if you ask for a specific genre and that genre isn't as popular as other genres and you give them 30 songs to play and they only can play those 30, 
they might run out. That's okay. No big deal. No big deal. No big deal. That's why giving people genres is always going to help because you can find things that sound similar if you're a good DJ. That won't be hard. But even still, we had wedding parties that were very specific. And if we didn't play those songs, we were in trouble. That's why. Very specific. So you were like, all right, well, Paul's going back and forth. Cocktail hour is done. I can't play any more of the songs that they asked for because those are going to be their dinner their dinner hour songs. Fuck it. And you just create you sit you you were playing a sample that you had or a loop that you had made for the in between moments when you and I are doing like a you know cake cutting to back to open dancing or um, you know father son or father daughter dance back to uh, dinner like whenever we do those little segues. You would notice we'd have some music we had to play. You created this little sample by Michael Jackson. That old jank? Just because I had to go back in the room five times. So crazy. Like, like that was, that's, that's some of that creativity I was talking about in the beginning in our first episode. I'm like, the most creative I felt are in these moments where you've got to find a way to perform on your feet and present something that people haven't heard before. So you're creating something new at a at a at a you know it's a live moment. It's like like it's like a jazz musician who does a, a solo. You know that was a cool moment. The intros we did we crushed them. Okay, now the intros for us we would do intros for wedding couples that would be you know bride and groom or sorry the 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 maid of honor and the men the um, best man come in together one song the bride and groom come into a different song and we would change the cues of each song and how they happen we would do receptions where it would be one song for all the wedding party and then a different one for the bride and groom in yeah. every case we always made sure they came out on something hot and then allowed them you almost have this entrance moment like you're coming on to a talk show or a, or a TV show for the first time and everybody was going to see oh it's you or you're walking out of the out of the the locker room for a wrestling match this is your moment that's what the intro should be about for every couple that's in your wedding party yes right so we'll get into more details about the art of the intro later on but i got to tell a quick story about what not having this mentality and what not figuring out what the fucking names of people can do to a wedding, not even to a wedding, what it can do to a wedding couple and how it can just be awful for the DJ and the MC to not give a shit to try to do these things. So I won't go into detail about who they are, but I was at a wedding where, and these, these are near and dear friends of mine. I'll say that. So it hurt my heart to see it, but I was at a wedding where, the DJ was late and his first mistake was this. He was late and he said to the wedding couple, you know, I'm glad we got this working. Most DJs would have quit by now, but we got it to work. So I'll just leave that there. And they got the stuff going and then he's going through the names of the, of the wedding couple and he proceeds to say, one of the um, of the wedding couples, one of the bride, one of the I forget the bridesmaid's name, but one of, he he says says her name wrong, her last name wrong. It's like I forget what it is, 
And she corrects him. And he's like, no, no, what I have written here is this. And she's like, no, no, just letting you know. This is the bridesmaid. She corrects him. He then corrects her again and says, no, I have this written here. That's what it is. The bride then walks up to this DJ and corrects him herself and says, I'm telling you what the last name is. This is what the name is. Please say it that way. She then turns to me and I'm in, I'm in the wedding, right? She then turns to me and looks at me with a look of horror, like fucking horror. And I've never more in my life wanted to be like a superhero who could like just take off his fucking clothes and draw on a fucking microphone and be like, get the fuck out of the way. I got this. And like, just like fly you in, like, be like, schizo assemble. <laughs> just have you fucking swoop in and like take this dude, like, you know, take his, his, because I think it was a one person team, but just take over his shit. Because, dude, I'm telling you, what we do is like, I'm not trying to overplay it. What we do is skill. And I, I think I sometimes forget how much of a skill it is until you see somebody who doesn't give a shit or doesn't try or isn't good at it. Because in 35 seconds, if we had what we, if we were there to do what we do, we could have fixed this problem. And this guy blew it. And I'll tell you what, the writing reception was great because we were there with friends and it was fine. But like the atmosphere and the energy that he set up and started it off with, awful. Awful. That's that's unfortunate. And and it can be as simple as a mispronunciation or a, you know, this person was supposed to go second and you and you said the person who was supposed to go third. We've done it. it so fast, something can go wrong, and people are confused, and you don't know what's going on, but that's that's just the game you have to play. How you recover, though, is so important. Like, yeah, you can be late for shit. You can mispronounce names. You can do all the wrong things sometimes. Not all the wrong things. You can do some wrong things. You normally get one per gig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if you do more than one, you got to make up for it so hardcore. I mean, come on. You know, like, and, and unfortunately, in this case, it never happened. And so it's almost like when you have a bad serving table. You know, you serve tables. We talked about this before. When you do one thing bad at a, at a table, okay, let it go. The minute you do two or three bad things, now every little thing that you might have done wrong, gets noticed everything oh you know the yeah. knife ah you know the plate you brought over had a little chip in it like all of a sudden and they don't tell you these things at the fucking table they tell you in the review afterwards they're like wait a minute what because all the other things that you did wrong that were bigger now made the little things seem even worse and so this is why paying attention to details as an MC and as a DJ team are so important so let's take a break here. We're going into our last 15 minute sig away. And then we're going to close this thing out. We'll be right back. Okay, y'all? So, this next segment, our final segment, is about the reception and the close. Uh, you know, how you close out the night obviously is very important. And I think it's more important people than most DJs realize. Because, yes, you're not going to see them again. 
maybe. <laughs> but if you are, if you're good, maybe you won't see them again. Maybe the bride and groom will become the bridesmaids and their friends book you. That happened to us a lot. And we were yep. very fortunate to do so. But this is why we were able to do what we did. So the reception happens, and now maps take over because once dinner happens, you know, cocktail hours done, dinner happens, people need to get up on the dance floor. And it was my job to corral the dance floor. Literally, I was like a fucking collie. I remember that shit. I would go around and like just walk around the dance floor and like I wouldn't pull people in, but I'll basically herd you in. If you I would like walk towards your table and dance around the, the actual, you know, like the venues they have a little square dance floors that are in the middle of the carpet i'd walk around that thing like it was my like little talk about herding cattle i'd walk around like i was a collie like i was a fucking lassie herding motherfuckers in herding sheep get in there get in there and dance come on and once you were inside my circle i wasn't letting you out but it all started with the dj schizo finding that core group of dancers. This is where the club DJing and the, and the wedding DJing actually does meet. So Matt, can you talk to us more about what it's like to play to the core group? Absolutely. So, I mean, the idea is I would always play straight across time and space pretty much to see what people reacted to. Start with some good old-fashioned golden oldies, Motown, disco, funk stuff, you know, 70s, 80s, pop, stuff of that nature, 80s, 90s, hip-hop, R&B, more All depending 40. on what they kind of gave you as their – because this is one question that comes up. Not to cut you off, but I cut you off, so I, I guess it does mean to cut you off. <laughs> if you got a wedding, – wedding couples are usually going to give their DJ a playlist, right? Don't be too uptight about the playlist, okay? Make some some latitude in there. But you would usually go off the the intros, you would go off of that playlist, and you would figure out where to start. Go ahead, sorry. Yes. The the songs in the ceremony, the songs in the cocktail hour, the songs in dinner, everything was research and development for what was going to happen in open dancing. I remember you looking at like some of the opening, um, even you look at the prelude and you are sorry, you always look at the recessional, the last song of the ceremony. And then you start looking at the first, like the intro songs If a couple, if a couple had four intro songs, like one for each of their, you know, the bridesmaids and groomsmen to come into, you'd look at those as like, okay, my first song and that's going to be this. I remember, I remember that calculation. I'm like, I never thought, oh, shit, I guess that does make sense. Or you'd be like, one of the must plays or one of the ones I'm going to put in the middle of the night is this song. It was very interesting. Yeah. You might even bring back yeah. one of the songs in a different version, but go on. Yeah, if, if, it, if it was like three classic rock songs and one top 40 song, I would know I had to start my night with like Michael Jackson, Madonna, Prince. If it was like three hip hop songs and one like David Guetta Tiesto song, then I would be like, okay, I could play more modern stuff. It definitely made a big, like, if that's what you expect people to come out to, then that should be what people should be expected to dance to in the end. I like it, my friend. 
This is I like it. So tell me about you know, okay, so keep going. You said you you play in the time and space in terms of music that would hit a certain hit a general target based upon what you you know researched and saw in their other songs, but also you wanted to kind of like hit as many people at once to see who you'd get, right? Oh yeah. Because like once once you get people tapping their foot, you know, humming along or whatever, then you can you can get them out there to something that might be outside of their comfort zone. And then you have people dancing to stuff like DJ Snake and Diplo and you know and Skrillex or something like that. Our, and you'd have grandmas dancing to put your hands up in Detroit at the same time they'd be dancing to Brown Eyed Girl. And they wouldn't even know exactly. And that—that's when like everything just falls into place, and you just you can just flow. Now it doesn't always start like that, though. In fact, most times what you end up getting is you end up getting, and you usually end up maintaining a pushback. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfuckers trying to talk shit. No, no, you end up getting a group of people that you play. Too. So I'm thinking about, and I want you to tell this story, but I'm thinking about the wedding we were at. We'll call it we'll call it Brookside. I don't think that was the name of it, but we'll call it that. And the first song you played was DJ Snake Lean On. And you you didn't get everybody on the dance floor. And you know what? MCs, DJs, let me give you guys a tip. And wedding party. Again, this is for you. You're not gonna get 45, 50 people on the dance floor right away. If your wedding has 120 people, now I, I say that I say that not completely because at you and my's wedding, it was on the dance floor immediately. So I guess that shit don't count because we know how to party. Now there are some weddings that are exceptions to the rule, and I'm sure everybody out there is like, "Oh my god, my friends are going to be just like that. They're going to be on the dance floor immediately." Okay, that may not be true. So just I'm just saying, your friends may be out there, but your friends are going to only be 30 people <laughs> compared to the other 110 or, or 90 that are your family friends. And all those people need to be on the dance floor at some point or want to be on the dance floor at some point or maybe on the dance floor at some point just as much as your other friends. But your DJ's job will be to play to the to play to the biggest core group that he or she finds from doing exactly what Matt just talked about. Right. So this place we were at Brookside, you played a song that actually was right in the modern lane. It fit perfectly. But you only got the wedding party and like five or six people up on the dance floor out of the hunt. And why was this? Because it was dinner. People just finished eating. They wanted to go get some drinks. It was early in the night. That's OK. Don't get frustrated. Keep fucking playing. And what you did is that you kept playing to that core group. Go on. So, yeah, I mean, you can make a great playlist in advance and then not stick to it, or you can start playing songs and then create a playlist from what is working. What'd you do with and, that? Yeah. In the Sometimes I had to play it safe and I had to play a bunch of old school music until everybody was on board. And other times, like, you know, at Brookside, I could start a playlist with modern stuff and people get into it. And you just kind of roll into, you know, getting everybody hyped for for what's about to happen, 
you know, so. Did you hit right away with a lot of like, okay, so you're in the modern world, right? You're in the modern like, top 40s. Um, did you hit with songs that people were expecting right away or not even expecting people that, that like, because let's say they're a group that requests top 40 songs that nobody knows, but, you know, or is not as popular. Did you hit those songs right away or did you go back and do other songs or did you, I'm leading you to the question, obviously, but what'd you do in that case? I feel like, I feel like the, around that time of the lean on and stuff like that was also right around when like turned down for what was getting popular, you know? Yep. And, and instead of like starting the night off with something heavy like that, you start off with something like Lean On and you work your way up to that. And that way people are like excited. Like you got to build them to that point of like they're whipped into a frenzy and they're just like, ah, like I need this right now. And that's when you give it to them. Mm-hmm. Not too early when they're not really ready for it. So what is that? What do you play instead? Can you go back to oldies? Can you do, I mean, this is where I love the things you did. You would go back to songs that even people that weren't dancing, now we're up to here. Let's be honest here. Let's be honest. We would throw in fucking slow dances for a reason. And I know that's going to make some people cringe. Get over it. People out on the dance floor can dance fast all night. No, they can't. No, they can't. Even (laughs) I can't. And I'm in good shape. You will get tired, first of all. Second of all, the, the, the one to 15 couples that are only comfortable dancing to them with themselves when it's slow dancing to music will now get up on the dance floor. And now what have you done when you've gotten at least half the people or more than half the people up on the dance floor? Now they're up. MC, or my, I used to call myself Paul. Now Paul comes and is corralling you because I got the microphone and I'm walking around and you're not going to want to walk away too much because I'm right in your face. <laughs> now the slow dance ends and now Matt hits you with a song that you were expecting but hadn't heard until an hour and a half in. But everybody's yeah. on the dance floor. So you can feed into that. So yeah, it's like there's yeah. there's music you want to like sit around and wait in a doctor's office to. And you, you want to drive down the highway or work out at the gym too. And, yeah, you know, at a certain point in the night, you have to cross over from the music you want to like sit and wait to and the music you want to like get ready to party and rage to. And people were not always ready to answer that question. I'd be like, no, seriously, like, what do you like listening to? I don't know. And I'm like, you have to give me something. Because there's going to be a point when I'm going to need you to go from relaxing with your family and eating dinner to, like, having a good time and partying with your friends. And whatever that song was, if they could tell me then or if they couldn't tell me till a half hour or an hour later, then that was just, like, me trying to, like, finagle stuff until they got to that point when they were able to open up. Or maybe they didn't, and I just had to stumble upon it on my own. But in our cases, that's what we did too. We had to, we had to read. You had to read the crowd, and you know what's interesting? If you, if they didn't give it to you, the crowd would give you a request, and we didn't play all the requests. We never played all the requests to all the wedding couples out there. If your guest ever asked you for play, no, we did not play all the requests, and we didn't play them all on purpose, man. 
I'm sorry, but we were never going to play some of those fucking songs. Never. But what we did do is that we used those songs as ideas for yes. other songs that we play. Absolutely. So, so you were helpful. <laughs> yeah, without knowing it, without hearing the song they wanted to hear, they influenced something else throughout the course of the night. Absolutely. Absolutely. So to your point, yeah, you had to figure out until you, you know, tra- and you had to figure out what to do until you were able to go to the point where you turn. And and this is for anybody. Like, you're going to all have different songs, and I get it. You, you know, I will say one thing. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Fucking death metal doesn't belong. In- say it out loud. I'm going to say it fucking out loud. It doesn't belong in a wedding. Just don't do it. If Slayer's on your playlist, I want the DJ to fire you. I want them to leave your wedding. I want them not to do it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Slayer. Okay. <laughs> um, so, I mean, to kind of close this thing out, you know, you play to the crowd that you're going to have that's going to be the most consistent. Because at the end of the night, guess whose request we did play a lot? The people that dance the whole entire time. Slow or fast. All night. They just danced. That's what we wanted. Yep. Tell, t- tell them the all bitch story. Do you remember that one from uh, from Mel? Do we tell them that one? We tell them that story. The what now? Yeah, bitch. Yeah, we did. We told them that story about. Uh, oh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think we did tell that story. Never mind. You, you get in the moment and you're playing some stuff, and you know you're not sure whether or not it's great. You're not sure if everybody or not is feeling it. But then there's that one guy you don't really expect to just kind of come up and be like. Hell yeah, yeah, bitch. That's good. <laughs> and you're like, oh, all right, thanks, man. You know, like, we. I think we were at the place, the LED dance floor wedding, where we had. That was where where uh, the first time our every part of the orchestra was together in a perfect harmony. The dance yeah. floor, the lights. You and me, like I felt like a conductor of the Boston Pops that night. Um, but that was the night that we had the biggest blowout New Jersey style um, dance party wedding. It was crazy. It was crazy. And I'll never forget, like, I think somebody came up to you and was like, I want you to go hard. And you're like, what do you, what do you mean? You're like, no, no, no. Like, I want you to, like, I know you can go harder than that. Was that that or was that a prom? Wasn't there a kid that told you, like, I know you can go harder than that. Like, go. And he was, like, challenging you to play more, just to go harder into your EDM mix. Where was that? In the end, that probably happened about three times overall. Okay. And I think all of what you described was accurate to when it was happening. There was the, the European party when they wanted me to go more EDM. Oh, that was a sky sky lounge with the the four venues. That night was awful. Yeah, with the late night. That was hard. That was hard. Right. And then there was, then there was like the, the, the high school party. It was a homecoming or prom. And the gym. Yeah. Yeah. There was times when people told me to crank it to 11. And and I did, but like, not everybody's af- ever actually ready for eleven. 
Right. The whole group ain't really ready for 11. Because, yeah. like, we've got our own. We can get our, all both of us getting our own feelings, which we did at our wedding. Um, but even then, we did it, like, with songs that people will mostly love. Like, you did the yeah, yeah. Like, people mostly know. You did the yeah, yeah, yeahs. Um, I went nuts with uh, Turned Out For What on my uh, my wedding. Because I had a band playing it. I mean, yeah, I'm, with the band. That's that. People give me shit about being a band and being a DJ and having a band, but like, they still had to play DJ music. <laughs> Hell yeah, they did. Ooh, baby, did they ever? Um, so, you know, to close this thing out, the whole point is like, you got to make sure that you allow yourself as a DJ to read the room. And to have enough latitude, I keep using that word now because I couldn't think of it yesterday, um, to be able to like go from one song to another song, another song, and they all kind of fit, but they're not all the same time period, type of song, they're not all the same. You want to be able to be, have a variety, have a mix but it all makes sense. And it all, what you do great and what you, and when I will say the, um, our owner of our company, his old DJ used to do beautifully. You would say, okay, you want to hear for ease of an example, you want to hear Sir Mix a lot, right? But at some point you want me to get to, um, let's just use uh, Let's Go by Calvin Harris. Again, oversimplified examples. You don't have to like the songs. I'm just using them as an example. You would start with Sir Mix-a-Lot, but you and Josh were so good that you would be able to get people to request those songs in a five-minute period. Forget they asked for the songs dance their asses off to every other song you mixed in and then all of a sudden drop in the middle or drop into the chorus of the song that they asked for that's the modern song in this case let's go by calvin harris and, and neo like it was it was almost uncommon because even i'd forget i'm like oh, that's right you did ask the best song that's what a dj's should do it should take you on a journey in a very sort of, you know, meandering path to the songs that you wanted to hear and some songs you didn't think you were going to. Yeah. All right. That's definitely that's definitely the case. Even even to this very day, I listen to the radio, especially on like Friday and Saturday nights, for the DJ who's gonna play the songs back to back that I want to hear that I don't realize I want to hear back to back. Different songs. Yeah. Like, yep. like everybody likes big pun, but there's certain big pun songs that are a little off off the normal top 40 pun songs. And you want to hear Noriega or something, but you don't want to hear that. Like, and sometimes it's not appropriate, and that's fine. But sometimes, sometimes, when it is, it's fucking sweet. Yep. And you gotta you gotta pay respect to the to the classics, the the Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, Snoop Dogg, like I didn't want to play gin and juice at weddings, but when people really were in that sort of vibe, maybe you do. Yeah. 
it can fit if you do it the right way and if it's in the right mindset. Again, yeah. death metal fucking excluded. It's called death metal. Like it's death. The word the word death is in the goddamn title. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I get I get struck. But you can play these songs and you can do these things and you can you can have these mixes. Now again, one other tip. When you pick your songs, don't forget that you have an entire group of people to think about. Like you can't just pick your songs in a vacuum. You're having a whole party of 80 of your, bless you, 80 of your closest friends. So 80 to 100 of your closest friends may not all want to hear the same fucking music. And they may not want to hear the same music as you. Just saying. No offense. I love you. And your friends love you. But my friends like folk music. Some of them. I don't like folk music. But I threw in some Joni Mitchell at my at my wedding. I don't care. Joni Mitchell's live. It's a good time. I like Joni Mitchell. Little but, black eyed peas. Or not black eyed peas. <laughs> the black keys. <laughs> I was like, what? It's like, wait, wait, what? The black eye, what? Oh God. Although my beer is almost done. This drink is good and my weed is definitely done. But anyway, the point is, and there's a lot of points you made tonight. And the point of the reception is that you want to focus on a couple of things. The wedding party is still going to be your energy source. They will. It's their job to dance, to party, to get out there and create an atmosphere that people want to dance in. People don't want to dance at weddings sometimes because they don't feel comfortable doing it. Why the hell would you not feel comfortable dancing at a wedding? It's your family. It's your friends. But you know what? If it's a cold room, I don't blame you. The wedding party can get rid of that in a second. And the intros can help. They are the tone setter. Other part is the MC is going to get out there and make sure your dance floor is popping by being involved in it. And that was my job. I got out there. You guys have probably seen videos on Facebook. If you go on Facebook and look up, you'll see me scream and shout. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, that was my big photo or my big group photo song. That's how much I love that song. Why? I don't love that song. I mean, I love the song, but I don't love it like that. I love the energy. And that's the point. And finally, your DJ needs to be able to read the music, read the group, and pick the music that's going to fit for the groups that's dancing the most. That's who it belongs to. Yeah, we'll play songs for everybody. And yes, we will pick songs that everybody wants to hear if we can. But we're going to play the songs that we know are going to work for the 20 to 30 core dancers that are out there doing their thing. Because they're going to, again, create the energy source. All right. We're at our time, man. we got to go to bed. <sighs> Domestic life. I do got to work out tomorrow. I'm gonna try and get your brother on the uh, on the bike. I gotta I gotta get that dude. He and I are gonna work out together soon. <laughs> oh yeah, but, yeah. We're on that we're on that Peloton shit, brother. But um, that's it. That's all I got. I love talking about this shit. You know, I wish I could could uh, do this all the time, and maybe someday I will. But for now, these are the chronicles of Schizo and Gray. Those are our tips. For all y'all planning on weddings out there, remember this is the best time of your lives to have a party with your friends. That's why you're that's why you're doing it. 
It's not about being perfect. It's not about making sure you beat somebody else's wedding. And it's not about doing something that, you know, you think somebody else wants. It's about having a party to celebrate the love that you have with your friends. And it's the only time you're going to be able to do this. I hope, (laughs) I hope it's the only time. So of the wedding, I tell you, this is my last piece of advice of the wedding reception planning or of the wedding reception itself. You're going to spend months, years in some cases, especially now planning the wedding. You're going to be at that reception four hours, five tops. It's not even fair. So enjoy the planning. That's all I got. Kitzel, what you got? Anything? There will never be enough preparation for the situation that will be the greatest day of your life. (laughs) So don't overstress it because if all the people that you want to be there will be there, are there, then you'll be fine and nothing bad can actually happen. Love it. Love it. You're a good man, DJ Schizo. I just try to give the people what they want to hear. I love you, man. I think that'll do it for us. All right, y'all. We're going to try and be a little more regular in our chronicles. So uh, we'll get back to you probably in a we – we actually got to probably do one in like a couple weeks. <laughs> so after you hear this one, stay tuned. I think our next episode is either going to be about variables or intros or one of those two crazy things. And uh, this has been this Chronicles of Schizone Gray. My name is Paul, also known as Gray. And this is Matty T, a.k.a. Schizo. Follow us on the social medias. Pal Faber 242 hashtag wedding DJ hashtag wedding reception and some other hashtags I'll figure out when I post it. I love y'all. I love you, man. Love you too, bro. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs>